I, I believe that racism exists. I know you have the concept that it's just, you, you just call it hatred, right? Yeah. I mean, even in what happened in, in Ireland with people who literally look the same in, our, in my own lifetime, there was the, to take an extreme example, the Rwandan genocide. Outside are the Hutu right. and the Tutsi, like, could, can we tell the difference? But it can be political ideology, it can be religion, it can be anything. At the moment, they're trying to, what, turn the, the, the vaccinated against the unvaccinated. Welcome to the Fall of State. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Don't forget, the Fall of State is on Patreon. So click the Patreon link in the description to support our work. And Mama Mia, good luck. I have with me a very interesting guest. I happened to see him on Tucker last night. I'm like, wow, that's the same guy gonna be on the show tomorrow. I have with me Zuby, an independent rapper and creative entrepreneur from the UK. He is the author of Strong Advice and host of Real Talk with Zuby podcast. Zuby, thank you for coming by, man. Happy to be here, man. You are millennial, right? Yeah, that's right. And, and what's important to you? Wow, a, a lot of things, a lot of things. God, family, friends, positivity, morality, helping people, uplifting others, a lot of stuff. And Health. We, and most millennial, not all, not all, not all, <laughs> but most millennial not into any of those things. <laughs> what do you think about that? Uh... I think, it's a, I think it's a bit too broad a generalization, um, but I definitely know what you're talking about. I right. don't think it's unique to, I don't think it's unique to millennials, though. I don't think it's unique to millennials. I Meaning think that, what? I mean that across all age brackets and generations in the time that we're living in, I think that there is a, I don't know, we're living in this weird time where there's so, there's so much positive and there's so many things to be happy and optimistic about, but there's also a lot of stuff, especially in the society and culture, which is moving in a concerning direction and has been for many years. And that's also just been accelerated, I think, over the past 18, 19 months. Are you able to think of anything that's out there that can be, uh, you should be happy and excited about? Oh, tons. Like what, for Plenty. example? Plenty. I mean, I think on a historical level or on a on a global level than the times and place that we're living in whether you're in the UK or you're in the US or if you're anywhere in the West in this time frame like let's say prior to the world uh, descending into madness over this particular virus right then compared to all the other human beings who have ever walked the surface of this earth then we are truly privileged and healthy and safe and have so many opportunities that our ancestors didn't have yeah. and that billions of people That's around true. the world don't have. So when you frame it like that, there's still tons to be, there's still plenty to be happy and grateful about. Absolutely. I think the, the thing that's actually concerning to me is that a lot of these Western countries are in the process of internally destroying a lot of the things that made them so great in the that first place. So true. Really I've concerning. noticed that. Why are the Western countries allowing this to happen? I think some of it is complacency and perhaps a despondency from being so comfortable for so long. Oh. I mean, you were talking about me being a, gen a millennial. I mean, in my generation, in my lifetime, you know, what have we really had to? What have we really had to fight against? There haven't been any major wars that everyone got into. You know, there was no World War One or World War Two or even Vietnam. 
um, or any of these other wars in terms of, you know, human beings previously were facing famine and plague and, yeah. you know, battles, things, things that are, you're constantly fighting just to, just to stay alive. And I think now it's so, it's so easy to stay alive that people are killing themselves, yeah. right? It's so easy to stay so alive true. that all of that pent-up anxiety and fear and anger and all of that, it's kind of spraying out in all these other directions and often internally, both on an individual level and on a, a societal and a national level, that it's, you know, it's like pe people want to fight against something, but they're not sure what, maybe most of the good battles to fight against have already been won. Yeah. And so now people are just turning on themselves or turning on each other, turning on their own country. All of a sudden people are saying things that they, they never used to say. Right. Yeah. They're all of a sudden uh, uh, the USA apparently in 2021 has or, you know, certainly in 2020 uh, under, under Trump or whatever, according to some people, it, it's like uh, it's, uh, you know, it's getting into worse. It's it's this is happening. All of a sudden people are talking about people are talking about white supremacy now more than in any other time in my life. Yeah, absolutely. How? how? Absolutely. Right. Like, does does how does that even make sense? Right. All of a sudden I, I didn't even heard that phrase for like five six years for up until about five you know a couple of years ago again and and suddenly i'm like wait what's going on is the is the kkk rising up again in the usa or whatever but, i grew no. up in alabama on the plantation there you go under jim laws mm -hmm. and i never heard of white supremacy mm -hmm. i never heard those words at all mm -hmm. until i moved to la and <laughs> we started hearing about it yeah but let me ask um are you a free how old are you if i may ask i'm 35 you're 35 are you a free man mm. I'm a free man, yeah. And what does it mean to be a free man? I think it means to be a sovereign individual, to have control of yourself, to not outsource your thinking. I think it's, it starts in the mind, yeah. to not be trapped in the narratives of whether it's the, the mainstream media or celebrity culture or this or that, or just the, the hive mind, the group think, right? You know, yeah. I'm on this side, of, I'm on this side, so I must believe everything here or I'm on that side so I must believe everything here being outside of that I think is a first part I think also being financially independent being independent in my career I, I, I'm my own boss I control yeah I, I want to ask you about that yeah too. Uh, but let me ask you this mm -hmm. um, are you a Christian I'm a Christian yeah you're a Christian yeah. and what does it mean to be a Christian it means to believe in Jesus Christ as the son of God who died for your sins <laughs> And uh, was was resurrected after three days, and to do your best to follow to follow the teachings. That's Amazing. I, and, basic uh, level. Yeah. Do you sin? We all do. Yeah. How about you, as a Christian? Do you still I do. sin? I sin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got to ask about your your parents and the fact that you live in Saudi Arabia at mm. one time. Mm. Your parents are Nigerian, right? That's right. And what is the Nigerian culture like? So, firstly, it's it's complicated because Nigeria is one of the most ethnically diverse countries in the world. I don't know if you know, just in Nigeria, there's over 500 languages. Really? Nigeria, yes. Nigeria has hundreds of different ethnic groups. I mean, it's, it's a country, but it's only a country in the sense that, you know, <laughs> a little while ago, someone, someone drew, some, drew a line on the map saying that, okay, this area is going to be called Nigeria, but, inter but Nigeria is full of multiple different, multiple different tribes. Um, different ethnicities, entirely different languages. I'm talking languages as different as Spanish, German, and Arabic. Uh, English is the, is the common language of the country. So, 
Yeah, there's a there's a Nigerian culture, I guess you could say, but each individual tribe within Nigeria. So my family's originally from the Igbo tribe. Um, wow. Each tribe has its own culture, language, traditions, so on. So it's a it's a it's a much more complicated country, actually. Is it a nice place to live? I've never lived in Nigeria myself. Oh, okay. I haven't lived there. I've been there many times to visit, so I haven't lived there. Um, you know, the living standard and general quality of living is far from a country like the UK or, or the USA. It's still a developing country, and th there's pockets of well-developed, you know, fairly wealthy areas, but it's a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an African country. There's real poverty still oh, there. Okay. Uh, you know, there's areas of, there's every areas of true poverty and, and deprivation and a lot of the infrastructure and a lot of the things that people take for granted in the West, even basic things like co having constant electricity and not having to worry about the, the lights, the electricity going out Amazing. and, you know, having clean running water everywhere, you know, there's still billions of people around the world who don't, who don't have that. Are there white people living in Nigeria? A small number. A small, lot, number. a small number. Are they perceived as white supremacy or racist and all that? No. No? No, not generally, no. So you were born in the UK, though, right? That's right. And so you ended up in Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. And how long? Did, how old were you when you went there? One. Were you? Not even. How long did you stay there? In total, about 19 years. Really? Yeah, about 19 years. But I went to boarding school from the age of 11. I went to boarding school in the UK. So from the age of 11 to 20, I was back and forth multiple times a year between the two countries. So I was still living in Saudi Arabia, but I was going to school in the UK. So it's... So your parents were black though, right? Pardon? Your parents were black. Right? I, I assume so. <laughs> so how did, um, how did you, why would you go to Saudi Arabia? Uh, my, to, my dad got an opportunity to work there. He's a, uh, oh, he's, he's a doctor. Did yeah. you like living over there? I loved it, man. I loved it. What did you love about it? The community we lived in was fantastic. Uh, really high quality of living, wonderful people, very clean and safe. Uh, they just look after you out there, especially if you're coming, or if you live in a country like that, in any of the Gulf countries really as an expat, then they, they, they take care of you. They take care of you, they take care of your family, the schools, schools are really good, really? communities are great. I had a fantastic set of friends out there. So my, my memories of Saudi are, are positive, which sometimes surprises people. And it's it mixed with all races over there too. Everything, man. Everything. You know when I and the reason I wanted to know about Saudi mm. Arabia is because my only image is what I see on TV. Sure. <laughs> and I see these people in these big clothes, mm -hmm. and I hear this Allah, mm -hmm. and, and it makes me scared. Okay. And like I can never go over there to live, right? Mm. But it's not like that at all. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't say that. I mean, what you what you're seeing is part is part of the picture, right? It's a uh, very heavily. It's one of the most Islamic countries in the world, probably 99.9% probably, or at least 99%. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, that would have been the, the prayer call that you hear, which sounds throughout And you hear that all over the place, right? If you're in one of the, if you're in one of the cities, and you're in one of the main you cities. Hear, you does it make you nervous? No, not at all, why would it? It doesn't make you think no, that a no. bomb about to go off somewhere? No, not in the slightest, man. Not in the slightest, man. Did they ever have like a terrorist attack over there? You know, no. With all our people? No. Um, I remember being over there during the Gulf War period, um, so that was a little, a little bit weird at times, but that wasn't no terrorist stuff. And one last thing about that, did you live with uh, uh, Saudi Arabia people? Are you allowed to date their women? Uh, 
<laughs> Were you allowed to date that woman? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't risk it. I never did. <laughs> you never did? I never did, no. And you wouldn't risk it? Um, I say risk it, but if, the thing is where I grew up was like an expat community. So where, where I lived in itself was very much like a, a little bubble. It was almost like a little pocket. Of, oh, I see. Like it was weird. I was in Houston a few weeks ago, and when I was in Houston, I was like, man, it looks like, this looks like where I grew up. Oh, yeah? Which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's kind of two sides of it. So if you're an expat, you, you might live in a, a community camp or compound like that. But then also you, you, can, you can go into the city. And I'd say going into the city, if you're going shopping or anything like that, then that's more authentic Saudi. What would happen if you date one of the women and you got caught? If I dated one of the women and got caught, I don't... Would they cut your head off? No, no. I mean... I don't know if there's any laws specifically about like just dating, dating a Saudi woman. I don't think there's any laws or anything preventing that. To be to be honest with you, I might I might be unaware. <laughs> if you were you know cavorting around in in public, like you know, with showing massive signs of pu public displays of affection, yeah. then that would be a problem. But you know, men and their wives don't even do that over there. Right. So I know. it's just it's a it's a very different culture. It's a lot more conservative in that regard. What as a young man living there, mm. since the women are all covered up from head to toe, <laughs> there's nothing to attract you anyway, right? No, there's nothing really. There you don't even know see. what they look like. No. <laughs> like there's, there's, not, there's not much to see there. You're like, what? Uh, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, but there are people there from other countries who, who have immigrated there, who are working there. So yeah, there's that sort of parallel, kind of parallel worlds running concurrently. Uh, you get that in, in quite a few of the in quite a few of the Arab countries. So you have like the expat communities, and then you've also got the local communities, and they they, they blend. And there's areas where they where they mix up, but they're kind of two separate worlds, depending on where are you are. Christians free to worship God over there, have their Christian services. And so like in that. in the community we lived in, yeah, like we we would go to church. We'd actually go to church on Fridays because Friday is the Islamic Holy Day. So in Saudi Arabia, the week runs from Saturday to Wednesday. Oh, not Monday. really? Yeah, so it runs from Saturday, Saturday to Wednesday. Saturday to Wednesday. Saturday to Wednesday, Thursday and Friday of the weekend. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. The, and so did you get your hands on one of those oil wells over there? <laughs> I, I didn't get my hands on one personally. That would have been, been a nice boon, but uh, I got some major ones. And so you are an independent rapper. That's great. And what does that mean exactly? I'm... 100% independent. So it means that I own my own company. I make all the creative and business decisions. There's nobody above me who can veto anything or say, hey, you can't put out that song or you can't do that or whatever. I just run it. I'm, I'm mostly a one-man band. Um, and, and I read that you were number one on the uh, oh on uh, Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. Um, so on Kickstarter, I've done two, three projects on Kickstarter now. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've got uh, some of the highest funded music projects, particularly in my last one on nice. the platform, not just in the UK, but actually globally, I think. Really? My most recent project, I think, was in the top, I want to say it was in the top 50 projects ever in Kickstarter history, in music projects. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, I'm the highest funded rapper, hip-hop artist, UK-based hip-hop artist on Kickstarter. Really? Yeah. And so your rap music, is it clean music? Yeah, or? it's clean, man. It's clean. Yeah. And how old were you when you decided to go out on your own, and why did you make that decision? Sure. So I released my first album when I was 19. 
uh, when I was I studied at Oxford University, and that's where I started rapping. Yeah, I heard you so, went to Oxford yeah, with the yeah. white folks. <laughs> with white folks. <laughs> <laughs> if you're doing anything in England, you're going to be mostly with white folks, man. That's not a, you that's sound a, white too. I sound white. Yeah, interesting. What nice. does that mean? But anyway. <laughs> How old were you when you decided to go, you know, I'm going to do my own thing? And 18, 19. 18, 19. Really? I, I was independent from the very beginning. And what made you, it's definitely the right way to go. Yeah. What made you decide to go that way? Because I don't need anybody's approval to put out my music or to do what I want to do. I was like, why, why should I spend all this energy trying to chase and appeal to all these record label executives or whatever it is? It was like, look, I've got to... I can grow my own fan base and build my own audience, just like yeah. I still do now. Everything I do is still independent, despite how much stuff has grown. And that was why. So it was both, it was somewhat ideological, as in I want to control things for, you know, creatively, financially, understand, okay, in the short term, it might be harder for me to grow and build my audience. But in the long term, I mean, if you look at the music industry, you know, typically artists will be getting 8 to 12%. Right. Of what yeah. of a lot of their earnings, if they've if they've even recouped with me, it's like okay, I'm getting a hundred percent minus the costs. Wow. So it made sense from both a business perspective and from a creative perspective. As an artist, as an artist, you want to be able to to express yourself. If yeah. you've got someone standing over your shoulder and saying, "Oh no, change this," or "You you can't do this," or "You you can't release this song," or "You should put this," it's like it's defeated the whole point of being a musician, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I noticed that most. Not all, not all, of course, mm -hmm. but most human beings don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. In them, they don't have that belief that they can do it mm -hmm. just as well as some other man to do it. Mm -hmm. They don't have that. Why is that? I think because it's easier to have an external locus of control than an internal one. If you have an internal one, you're a much more powerful being yeah. and you're going to end up becoming much more successful because you take ownership and responsibility for your wins, your losses, your actions, your words, your decisions, if you always blame it or have the ability to blame it on somebody or something external to you, right. whether it's real or fabricated, then that, that appeals to people because it means you don't ever have to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, okay, I, my bad, I, I made a mistake or I, I, I did something wrong. Right. Or maybe maybe, this is, maybe this is my fault. If you can blame it on someone else, then it's always, it's always easier. You know, like I was a... I was a little bit late to, to this appointment. And I knew you would be. Right? I didn't plan to be, but I could have left earlier. I could have left earlier, right. and I should have left earlier. So yeah. I could say, you know, and I have said, like, y'all, you know, my Uber, my Uber canceled, <laughs> and then the second one couldn't find me, and that is true. Oh. But also, I could have thought, okay, that, maybe that'll happen. Let me give it an extra half an hour. So that's a sort of very simple example of the, those two different That's mindsets, one, right? Yeah. And both, Absolutely. both everybody, like, you know, if you're late some, something or this, or whether it's major stuff or minor stuff, we always seek to not think, okay, what was the thing I could have done different? Absolutely. We think, man. okay, what were the external factors which affected that? And when people focus on that all the time, then they disempower themselves. That's deep. Yeah. Amazing. I had this bet going with my producer when I saw that you were black. <laughs> it's so funny because actually I'm, I'm genuinely I'm normally on time all the time oh, yeah. like it's, it's, it's actually rare for me to be late we just it's finished one show thing. before you yeah. and I saw that you were black I told my producer he's going to be late I'm producing yeah. he, he going to be late <laughs> I, I specifically make a point of being on time partially because of that like, I know that, that's, that there's that stereotype so I'm like alright I'm going to go out of my way like particularly I'm like, let me be five minutes early for everything right on but yeah this time around it, uh, this time around it didn't work yeah I understand things do happen at times 
yeah. you know. And, but you see, I'm taking tomorrow. Beer. So my producer said, "No, nah, he's a professional. He's not yeah. gonna be late." I'm like, "No, he's black." <laughs> I said, "I may not know my flowers, but I know my black." <laughs> so I gotta ask you: Do you believe it's a mess over here, right? Do you believe that white supremacy exists? No. You do not. No. Right on. And why don't you believe that? Because it doesn't. Like, I mean, if, no, like. You're right, man. <laughs> and I tell no. black people that all the time. I'm like, there's no such thing as white supremacy. It's just that you believe it. Yeah. And because you believe it, you accuse people of being that way. Yeah. And it's just not true. And it's holding you back in life because what blacks are saying, those who believe that, is that white people are superior to them. And they believe white people can do things that they can't do, and it's just yeah. not true. No, I mean, why would you, if you believe, if you believe in white supremacy, doesn't that make you a white supremacist, right? Like, why would you, why would you believe in that? It's it's a it's a strange concept to me. Yeah, it's weird, man. It's weird. It's, it's very weird. weird. It's very weird. And so I got to ask, in dating, have you have you dated a white woman? Plenty. Plenty. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm an honest man. I'm an honest man. And how about you dating black women? Uh, no. Wow. I'm being honest. I yeah. actually haven't. And um, why not? A lot of it is demographics. Oh. Like, I grew up. I, I grew up in England. Like I was. I spent my formative years in England, and the UK is. You know, of course, there's black people in the UK, but it's way less diverse than it is, say, even compared to the US. Oh, I see. Um, and also the. The schools I went to and the areas I was in, it's not like I was even in, in London or Birmingham or something like that. I was in very white areas. Yeah. So because to me, racial factor, skin color is not like an important, it's not like a, an important thing. It's just like, whatever. Like if I, if I click with someone and we get on well, I'm not going to kind of go out of my way specifically to, right. you know, date someone or not date someone because of anything to do with skin color. It's more kind of a numbers game, you know, just like if I do an event in a certain area, if I, if I do an event in Nigeria, it's going to be a lot of black people. If I do yeah. an event in uh, some small town in England, <laughs> like it's going to be a lot of white people, but I don't care, man. I, I honestly just all of that stuff. From day one, I, I just don't care. I just see people, man. There you go. I, I can tell what people look How like. How about uh, you dated Mexicans and Chinese and all that? Uh, Mexican, no. Like, there aren't. There they aren't, don't have don't really have in the UK, right? No. Like, you guys are lucky. <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm playing. <laughs> so, um, how about racism? Black people believe that racism exists. What do you think about that? I believe, I, I, I believe that racism exists. I know you have the concept that it's just, you, you just call it hatred, right? Yeah. yeah. It's either good or evil, mm. right or wrong. Yeah. And you find that in all people, you mm. either find good or evil. Mm. But why do you believe racism exists? I mean, by definition, if you, if you consider it, just by its literal definition, it, it exists in terms of, uh, you know, mistreating or being prejudiced or hateful towards someone based off their race, skin color, ethnicity. That's something that does exist. Um, I think a lot of it is just a manifestation of tribalism and hatred, as you've said, because this doesn't necessarily ha have to be across racial lines right. at all. Yeah. Right? You can, and, and you see this a lot. If you, if you travel the world 
and you've been to and are aware of what goes on in different countries. I mean, there is conflicts going on in, in Africa, in the Middle East, in Asia, so on, with people who, I mean, even in, look what happened in, in Ireland, with people who literally look the same, right? Yeah. In, our, in my own lifetime, there yeah. was the, to take an extreme example, the Rwandan genocide. Right to an oh, out, yeah. to an outsider, the Hutu right. and the Tutsi. Can we tell the difference? I'm from Nigeria, right? You know, you got Boko Haram in Nigeria up in the north, yeah. uh, you know, committing terrorism primarily against, you know, against other Nigerians, yeah, against yeah. other black people. You get this all over the Middle East. Vast majority is uh, of Islamic uh, terrorism is directed at other Muslims. Um, you know, with a lot of, with a lot of this stuff, it's uh, it's a manifestation of tribalism. And tribalism can hit along a lot of different lines, and skin color or nationality is one of them. But it can be political ideology, it can be religion, it can be, you know, anything. It can, it can, it can be anything. It can even be very minor things. Yeah, yeah. At the moment, they're trying to what turn the the, the vaccinated against the unvaccinated, as I know. if those are some distinct That's groups. Crazy. Like it's it's wild. Yeah. People are tribal. And speaking of that, there was this woman by the name of Nikki Minaj. Nikki Minaj. Yeah, yeah. You heard of her? Yeah, of course. She said that, and, and paraphrasing, but she said that, you know, it should be up to you to wear the mask or not, I'll take the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And she gave this example of her friend or somebody who mm -hmm. took it and the balls fell off. And <laughs> well, fell swole, off. Swole, swole yeah. up, yeah. Swole. They wish they had fallen off. <laughs> no. But, and she got in trouble. Mm -hmm. People hated her for saying that. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? I think it's ridiculous, but it shows where society is. Because what she said, I mean, look, I don't know about the veracity of her saying that person she knows had those side effects, but the notion that you should be free to choose what goes into your body, whether that's a medicine or a food or whatever, yeah. is uh, like January 2020, everybody apparently agreed with that or claimed they did, right? Yes. Um, and now, due to this 18 months of brainwashing and propaganda, all of a sudden, people are acting new and are being the media and politicians' la attack dogs and lap dogs and going at each other based on this stuff. And yeah. it's, it's insane to me. I mean, now in certain cities, states, and countries where you're, you're literally openly discriminating against people and segregating people based on whether or not they've taken a particular shot, I mean, it's madness. Why do you think the people put up with it? I think a lot of it is fear. I think it's fear when of, people. Of what? So there's been a huge global fear campaign for the past over 18 months now. This is the reality of it. If you turn on the TV or the radio in almost any city in any country right now, what do you hear? It's COVID, vaccines, fear, Delta variants, deaths, hospitalization, right? It's just, and this has been running for over 500 days straight. Yeah. So initially it started out with just a fear of the virus. Um, but they've now manipulated that to, you know, they, they use that to create fear of other human beings. Yeah. When people are socially distancing and they're yeah. wearing masks and they're doing all this weird stuff, it's because you've been now trained, people have been trained to view other people as sick until proven healthy rather than healthy until proven sick and not just sick but infectious. Good right? Point, so what man. are people saying? Yeah. People are now saying, oh, well, you know, you, you could have it. You could be sick. I mean, that's, that's been the case our entire lives, <laughs> yeah. right? Someone could be sick. Someone that's could. Right. You guy could have a flu. He could, I mean, technically it's possible, but no one was running around just running under the assumption that they themselves and everybody else was potentially carrying some lethal virus 
even if they've, there's, there's no evidence or, at all or reason to think that they are. But it's been a, it's been a mass brainwashing of billions, if, hundreds of millions at least, if not billions of people. Yeah, and it's amazing. Um, it, it's disturbing. And when people are afraid, they don't think, they don't think logically, they yeah. don't think rationally. And also, when there's a threat, the natural thing to do as a human being when, with, with a threat is to avoid or attack it. Yeah. And this is what's going on now. So that's how you're now getting people attacking or wanting to punish the so-called unvaccinated and treat them as almost some lower class of human being because it's, it's, it, they've been manipulated to see them as a threat. Logically, if you just think of what's going on, there's no, there's no science behind that. There's no logic behind it. It doesn't make sense. Right, why someone who's got a vaccine should be afraid of someone who doesn't it makes no sense. How can we turn it around? In short, because of time wow. here, how can we turn that around? Mm. How can people overcome the fear mm. and take back their lives? People need to think. People need to think and they need to re-embrace their own basic humanity and empathy and compassion. Yeah. And stop seeing everybody else as, as, a, as a threat. Again, that's not how it was before. Yeah. So, That's right. It wasn't uh, no, it, it, was, it was never like that before. That's I'm, right. uh, yeah, I'm always intrigued when people start behaving in a way or believing things which just not long ago at all they, they never believed in and they never advocated for. You did a weight lift thing. What was that? <laughs> Deadlift. Deadlift. Yeah. And, and you said that you, you beat out the, the strongest woman, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. What was your point of doing the, dead, the women's deadlift thing? <laughs> so, again, for the last, you know, in the past 10 years, yeah. the concept of gender has been in, inverted and people are running with all these new ideas, like I said, which they never had before. Right. So majority of my life, and I assume your life, there were men, there were women. That's right. And a man's a man, a woman is a woman. There's a difference. Yeah. We know this. You're either one or the two. You can't just kind of pick your own thing. You can't flip flop right. between them. All of that, you know, that, that's still how it is in most of the world, by the way. Um, but people had been running with this idea. So I just took that concept and I said, okay, if you, know, you ask someone who really believes in this, oh, what is a woman? And they'll say anyone who identifies as a woman. I I'm know. like, okay, well, I identify as a woman. So I went, I broke the British women's deadlift record. <laughs> and um, according to your own logic, I'm the champ. What was their reaction to that? Reaction was 99% positive. And oh, even yeah? the people who were upset by it didn't really have a leg to stand on. Amazing. Because if they say, hey, you're a man, you're not actually a woman, that's transphobic by their own definition. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're denying, you know, if someone said that Caitlyn Jenner was a man, like they're canceled, right? <laughs> so if they have, I said, hey, I identify as a woman, so either I am the British women's deadlift record holder or I'm not <laughs> a woman. So you got to pick. You got to pick. Very smart, man. Yeah, you got to pick. Man, one. You're something else. <laughs> when, when you're in the hood, do you feel nervous? When I'm in the hood? Yeah. Um, which hood? Black hood. In the US? Yeah. Uh, have I been to many? I don't think I would be particularly, you know. Do they have hoods over in the UK? Some people would call them that, yeah, but the, the, the term isn't really, it's kind of an American term. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, what do you, in short, because of time, what yeah, no do you worries. think of the Great White Hope? The Great White Hope? Trump? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> you know. Uh, I would have voted for him both times if I were American. Right on. Yeah. Right um, on. I think he's a... He's a, a flawed man, but in many ways, but he's a, in terms of his presidency, I think he did a generally good job. As he did far an as amazing job. As, as far as presidents in my lifetime go, I think he was up there as one of the best ones, in all, in all honesty. 
And I think if people can get out of their emotions and look at the policies and, you know, see where the ball lands rather than how the golfer is taking the swing, then they'd see that he is better than, as far as I'm concerned, the guy who came before him and the guy who came after. I can understand from from an emotional perspective and from a character perspective why he puts off a lot of people. I get that, absolutely. Um, But the results speak for themselves as far as I'm concerned. Do you support abortion? No. Um, did you grow up closer to your father, your mother, or both? Both. You were close to very both. Close you were to close both, to your yes. father. Still, I'm very close to both. Uh, what is a man? A man, biologically, is an adult human male, um, but in terms of being a man and being a being a good man and being a strong man, I think it's about having character and virtue and morality and being able to exert your will onto the world and to build and to create things and to, you know, manifest your own destiny in a way. I think what that is love? Love? Hmm. I think that love is, an, love is an emotion that connects human beings and... So I gotta put you on the hot seat. Now. Okay, go for it. And I need you to answer these questions as quickly as, as quickly possible. As quickly as possible. Okay, let's right. go, let's go. True or false, Jesus is black. False. Have you ever visited Mommy Africa? Yes. Should China pay reparations to the world for the Chinese virus? Yes, but no chance they will. Are you a supporter of Bitcoin? Yes. Have you ever met a white supremacist? No. Uh, will the great white hope win the presidency, presidency in 2024? No. Would you ever move to the United States? Yes. Would you ever run for a political office? Yes. Or oh, ask what is love? And you told me that already. What is a man? Um, would you ever marry a black woman? Yes. You would? Yeah. If it's the right woman. What? As long as it's the right woman. Well, she's going to have to come from Oxford. She'd have to come from? Oxford. Oxford? No, she wouldn't have to come from no, Oxford. Okay. No, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have fun? Yeah, it was great, man. Thank you so much. I wish we had more time with I you. Know. I know that the schedule didn't something happened. Yeah. But I want to have you back next time you're in town. Sure thing. So we can go a little longer with this. Awesome. Tell the folks how to get your music, how to get whatever you're doing. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, so if you go to teamzubi.com, uh, that's my music and merchandise website. So you can get my music there, books, t-shirts, hats, hoodies, all that. I'm on all social media at Zuby Music, Z-U-B-Y Music. And you can check out my podcast and my music on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen. Just search my name, Zuby, Z-U-B-Y, and you will find me. I really, really respect the fact that you are doing your own thing. You know, you're courageous enough to step out there on your own. That's the way men should do it. Appreciate it. So thank thank you. you for coming on. And thank you all for tuning in. I absolutely appreciate it. We're going to have him back because I have more, so many more questions for him, all right? For Zuby that we did not get to. Don't forget to like, follow, tweet, ring the bell, check out the merch, and support us at Patreon. Thank you, folks. I appreciate it. Next time on The Fallen State.
When I was living as a gay man, I had many boyfriends, gay pride parades, but I think deep down, I knew that there was something not quite right. Growing up, you're your mother's best friend. I was like her surrogate husband. Wow, babe. All the content on TV is created from people in the dark, but there's this rage because of what they experienced in their childhood. Literally, there's a gay bar in West Hollywood called The Rage. Do oh, you yeah. know that? <laughs> They're getting the last laugh. Right. Because the, uh, the culture's all in. Men who practice homosexuality will not inherit the kingdom of God. I'm surprised that this book still even legal in California. I lost my career over this issue. I used to go to a lot of parties and a lot of dinners and Oscars and the Golden Globes and the Emmys and all the after parties, but I don't get invited to those things anymore. What is that like for you? Oh, I don't care. Thanks for watching The Father State. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. Support my nonprofit at rebuildingtheman.com and tell everybody and their mama about the show.